leadership doesn't equate to technical skills. So just because you're technically competent, you're a great salesperson or you're a great engineer, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a great leader. But what persists in most organizations is that we still select people based on their technical competence. So what's going on here? Does this mean we've got to fire like most managers <laughs> and start over again? <laughs> because it does seem like we have a problem. I mean, the levels of disengagement, the rates of resignation, you know, are enormous. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell, and welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a value that we should be looking at as we look to build our businesses, do our sales activities. Really, this is the whole value about integrity. It's one of the core values that I speak about in my own book. And what I'm bringing to you today is someone who is the author of Integrity by Design, Working and Living Authentically. So Mike Horn is with us today. He's a leadership coach, a people and culture change maker, as well as a podcaster and author. He helps people and culture leaders discover their authentic selves to create an open, trusting, and fun workplace. He also coaches executive and aspiring leaders and their teams to avoid, minimize, reduce poor outcomes related to people, culture, actions, and decision. And what we're going to be focusing about today is whenever you're in a sales team, whether you're building your own company, what are some of the fundamentals that you could put in place so that you can continue to operate with integrity? It is my great pleasure to bring Mike, who's also the host of the Authentic Change podcast, to the show. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jason. I'm delighted to be here with you. Now, we get to choose a lot of different values. I know for myself, I've chosen integrity for myself, and it sounds like it's a core value for you as well. I'd be curious to know, why is it that it's so important for you? Has there been any events that have happened in your life that have made you give so much importance to it? Hmm. I'm not sure I think about integrity as a value, though it is commonly held and espoused as a value. You can think about organizational examples of integrity. In fact, among the Fortune 500, it is the most frequently stated corporate value. And we have to wonder though, how those values translate into action. I mean, the classic business school case is Enron. More recently, we think about Wells Fargo and you know, integrity had a role in their values. So we wanna distinguish between you know, what's on the walls and what's in the halls, or you know, as we think about the evolving world of work too, how those messages are communicated in ways that create community, in ways that build organizational profitability, membership, or whatever the currencies are that are in exchange. I like that you've highlighted how most of these companies mention it, yet the actions are not always there. Obviously, when we say integrity, it's like, oh, it feels good. Maybe customers relate to it more there's no actions that are being put behind it. And so where are we missing the part? Like, why are we letting them even get away with this? Well, it's aspirational, I think. Integrity gets tested all of the time in life. It gets tested differently when you're 10 years old versus when you're 20 years old versus when you're 
30, it gets tested in organizations of different size and complexity and how cash is exchanged and transacted between and among people. So when I think about integrity, and I think this is why it's so important for sales professionals and the sales professionals I've been lucky to work with, is integrity is all about the genuine article being the whole thing. And I don't know, as a customer myself, when I have a great customer experience, a great CX experience, it's often because I felt that I was encountering a genuine individual. It's as if the whole thing hangs together. And that's what we encounter when we encounter integrity. So it is aspirational for many of us because we like the real deal, right? Yeah, we do. And I like what you're bringing up here, which is like even you as a customer, while we are going to do business that are at least giving us the idea and the perception that they have integrity, we're much more likely to do business. And as far as actually implementing what is necessary to have integrity, it seems like it actually becomes a competitive advantage. I mean, this becomes something that can attract more customers, have better sales. What are some of the things that you would tell the companies who want to go and implement integrity, like truly do it with a design that you speak about and might have hesitancy about like, oh, but we can't say this, oh, but we can't do it like that. Because it seems to me that it has all the advantages. I think it starts with leaders, individual leaders and what they want to accomplish in organizations. And then to consider how it shows up in lots of different facets of experience in an organization. I'm always fascinated and captured by the ideas of Carl Jung and you know the great challenges that he identified on our integrity journeys. And he made three points that resonate for me and I think would resonate with most salespeople is, and particularly understanding that from the B2B perspective or a B2Consumer perspective, is that you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. That's what we want in our you know, relationships. I think not only in the relationships in which there is an exchange of value, but we want these in our personal relationships. And in fact, we value that so highly that we're more likely to connect with people who understand and who listen to us and those make the greatest salespeople. So the first observation that Jung made that I think is important for leaders to grasp on this integrity journey is that you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. You know, we've talked about it in our pre-show preparation, Jason, Mark Campbell, as the alignment of your attitudes, behaviors, and cognitions, that your words and actions align, that better yet when your thoughts, words, and actions align. But the second thing that you observed is that this is the privilege of a lifetime. He said, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. And I think given that salespeople have different sets of values, have different sets of, and I don't mean different sets of values from the rest of humanity. (laughs) Maybe some people might think that. I don't, but I mean, there are differences in values among salespeople. And the privilege of a lifetime is, you know, to become who you truly are. And if we can work on that, I think that builds a platform for a genuine relationship sell, which is so much more personal. It makes me want to return. Again, it makes me want to be a reference. It makes me want to repeat my business. It makes me want to be a referral for you, right? When I have that kind of experience. And then, you know, I think Jung's most powerful observation on this integrity journey was that we can't change anything unless we accept it. 
<laughs> so we have to see this, you know, as an improvement, not so much of our deficits, which I think, you know, it is important to address those, but really to focus on our goals and our well-being. And leaders set the example for all of that in organizations. I love that. And you're kind of jumping into the second question I'd have around this, which is you talk about integrity by design. There's certain things that we need to put in place to be able to shift into this action, not just saying, and you're already hinting to the massive role that leaders within the organizations play. And so being that we want to design integrity from the get-go, what are some of the steps that we should look to do? What are some of the more important things that should be in place or we should work towards to be able to live more in integrity and not just say we live in integrity? Well, one is the recognition that one person of integrity can make a difference. And that's not me saying that that was Eli Weissel, I mean, who said that. And, you know, one person can make a difference in all of this. What I think about, there are a couple of key actions that leaders can take. One is don't lie, don't cheat. <laughs> it sort of starts there. That would be the one way that I would begin that. The other is tell the truth, that if it can be found out, it will be found out. I mean, that's a general rule in organizations of any size, that in general, if it can't be found out, it will be found out. So don't lie, don't cheat, tell the truth. I have this other important aspect there, and it's called don't skimp. Don't cheat others from the opportunity to get to know you and for you to get to know the others. So be generous. It's another way of saying be generous, don't skimp. So those would be the recommendations that I would have on this. You know, they're personable, they're actionable, and in many circumstances, they're not so easy. They're easy to list out. They're easy to put on the values card for the company, but to actually behave like this day after day is a different story, isn't it? I was just quoted in... I saw the release today in Authority, which is, I think, one of Medium's largest publications. And I was interviewed on the topic of integrity. And I said, people often come to me and they say, is it okay to tell a lie? And I say, why, why are you asking me that? You know, I don't have a clue. But what I can tell you, and I think this is true of our experience with sales and marketing professionals with whom we encounter as well as others in leadership roles, is that once you tell a lie, it's difficult for people to trust you. Or trust erodes, let's leave it at that. That once salespeople begin to lie, promise something else, deliver results, and we have to realize this is all a network, right, of relationships that we've built so it's more than a point-to-point, -point, it's a network approach that we have to take. Well, it's interesting you mentioned, especially in the field of marketing and sales, because we lose trust so fast when you see a deceptive marketing tactic. And I speak about this a bit in my own literature, is that when you're using things, like I know a common example for people that do online business, they'll be running, let's say, these webinars. And they'll tell people like, oh, it's a live webinar, or they'll be making sales and they'll say like, we only have five spots left just to play on triggers of scarcity that can help with conversions, when at the end of the day, this is not true. But I find it fascinating that right from the beginning of your interaction with a lead that might become your client, it's based on a lie. And I find that that is something that would hold back from actually repeat business and actually building your brand in the process. 
Right. Uh, we have to think about, just as we do with integrity, go slow to go fast, right? I mean, all those things are there, five spots left, 24 hours, the clock is ticking. It's all to create a sense of urgency, right? So that people who are so bombarded by so many messages might see this as their clarion call to the greater path. I think when we're thinking about integrity and authenticity, it requires, you know, at least two things. One is some reflection. You know, who am I? What are my val who what are my values? Who am I to you? To get some feedback on all of that, right? To ask a question about it because we're social. Just thinking one thing in your head and not getting some feedback doesn't equate to a happy life. I want to bring it back within the organization where when we start looking at having integrity, and we talked about it a bit before, about the whole kind of design. You spoke about the things to do on a daily habit behavior. We're talking about the don't lie, don't cheat, speak the truth. These are things, of course, not always easy, but you want to do it as much as possible. And it sounds like when you're in that leadership position, it has a much bigger impact because everyone else in the organization looks up to you. I wanted to bring a situation where if I'm in an organization and I might not be in a senior leader position and I am noticing behaviors that are out of integrity and it almost seems like the design or the core of the organization was not set on integrity. Is there such a thing as it's gone too far and it can't be fixed or are there always efforts you can do even if you're at the beginning of your career within that company? I think your question has a couple of pathways to it. One is based on the observation, you know, what have you observed? And when is it important to be a whistleblower to involve whomever is appropriate in a situation? So to consider all of those and to consider the risk and the consequence at which you place yourself when you confront power and authority and systems. And that you need to consider carefully and Let's think about Oprah. I think she said, you know, integrity is doing things right when nobody's looking. <laughs> so you have to, I think, you know, consider what your compass is. Integrity is based on a strong moral and ethical foundation. People of integrity, I think when we point to examples, when we think about the topic, we're often able to relate that to individuals in our life who provided those beacons. And so obviously there's a personal responsibility you can take, but you can basically take different paths if you are finding yourself in that organization and you might not necessarily see the change ahead or if you want to be a champion of that change, it is a difficult navigation or a difficult path. I was going to maybe switch it to the other side is if I am in a leadership position and I am growing my sales team or I'm just growing my organization in general, are there certain things I can put in place so that my hiring strategy actually attracts people with more integrity and that actually can build it within the culture of the company? That's a big question with a lot of different answers. In some industries, there are integrity tests. They used to be rampant in financial services. In some industries where there's animal handling that still goes on, there are tests of this. But that's on an extreme example. So thinking about it, though, from integrity in the individual, I want to consider the topic of alignment, right? So when you think about who you are and the person you're becoming, the person you are, how does that organization sit with 
you. And I don't think we can have this fantasy either that, well, I'm having a bad day. Let me switch jobs, even though that might be somewhat true in this great resignation or big quit that is taking place throughout North America. And I don't know about other parts of the world. But to think about what does it take to stick it out? What does it take to add value? How do you do that? I think just like persistence in many things, right? It's often the consistency game. But to consider that at what consequence and not necessarily as a consequence, but Jason, to consider it at the expansion of your worth and value and bringing more of who you are, bringing your best to every situation. I couldn't help but imagine when you spoke of companies running these integrity tests, I could imagine this like interview room where they'd have like a test they need to do. And then they put the answers to the test on the corner of the table and they say, oh, give me a minute. I'm going to go grab a coffee or go to the bathroom. But they have a camera to see if the candidate looks at the answers. And I'm just like, wow, can you imagine that you're testing people on integrity, but you're using a lack of integrity to do it by, <laughs> by tricking them into the answers? Yeah, that would be tricky, huh? That would not stick. But you bring up this idea of the great resonation, which I think is so relevant today. And I'm wondering what role does it have to play with what we were talking about at the beginning, where all companies or so many companies are saying, yes, we're all about integrity, yet you have these Enrons, you have these Wells Fargo's that pop up. Do you feel like this is one of the major drivers for the great resignation is this lack of congruency between what companies say, what they do and how people feel within them? I think it's a different question and it's an engagement question. What we know is from Gallup's work is that about 70% of employee engagement is within a manager's control. And what people want at work is a feeling of being in on things. They also want a best friend at work. They want to know that someone has their back. And these are the factors that create engagement. So we might ask ourselves, given what we know from the social sciences. And we also know, I mean, let's just put that engagement stuff aside for a moment, but keep it in mind, 70% of engagement within managerial control, people want a feeling of being in on things. It propels engagement, having a best friend at work. Then let's think about some other research that says leadership doesn't equate to technical skills. So just because you're technically competent, you're a great salesperson or you're a great engineer, you meet all the technical thresholds, you get education, got credentials. That doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a great leader. But what persists in most organizations is that we still select people based on their technical competence. So what's going on here? Does this mean we've got to fire like most managers <laughs> and start over again? <laughs> because it does seem like we have a problem. I mean, the levels of disengagement, the rates of resignation, you know, are enormous. And I think that has to do with managers. And it goes to where my passions are for inclusive leadership, for authentic leadership. And that relies on building a foundation of trust. I suspect, you know, in sales, that is often the same thing, right? It's building some trust. And the same as you explained, where most of that sales leader, they'll put them in a sales manager position and the competencies and the skills and their work is completely different. And so if you have these underqualified people leading the organizations or managing in various parts of the organization, they might not understand how important it is to act in integrity or how every one of their little actions gets mirrored, gets judged. 
and that there has to be some consistency. They have to be working on the people. And now it would seem that it would lead to this disengagement. And now we're seeing this resignation happening as well. But when you put your work together, you develop these leaders, you were asking people to be able to act in more integrity. We want it to be something at the foundation of the company. What is one of the big takeaways that you really love when somebody goes through your work and is able to apply exactly what you've told them? What I look for is not so much copycat behavior, but I'm motivated to work with goal-directed people. And watching people grow and achieve their goals is an amazing reward. So that's what I look for. And I also believe that it's a long-haul game. So the acts of forgiveness, of gratitude, maybe these in addition to caring are the foundation of what leaders do, you know, to care, to be grateful, to express gratitude, and to do that in a way that, you know, acknowledges, I think what you bring to the world is that everyone deserves to be loved. And to think about that as a leader and a manager and how that might change the relationship from everyone needs to do work. <laughs> everyone does, right? I mean, let's not neglect that. But thinking about people at the heart of the enterprise, whether that's you know, yourself as a solopreneur or another two-people partnership or three or four folks scaling up to groups of 10 and 15 and 25. Pretty amazing. I love it. I'd say maybe one of the advantages that I would say for somebody in sales that gets into these leadership position is if they're good in sales, then they would have an appreciation of listening to the customer. They would have a concept of understanding that, hey, when you start to listen, you start to ask, use language, communicate effectively, which are some of the qualities that I would see very useful as well to be able to lead. And I don't think it's by accident that we often see the sales leaders find themselves in CEO positions within large organizations, because that is the skill that really allows it. But if you can do it with even more integrity than what most people would categorize within this field of sales, I think is going to be a golden key for a lot of these organizations who want to attract the top talent. Well, as a coach and a leadership consultant, I think that one of the great gifts that I can bring to client situations is to help them clarify their needs or to clarify need. And I think that's often what's going on in the sales process as well, right? Is helping an individual to clarify their needs so that results can be created that satisfy those needs. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the show and going through this. We are going to be wrapping this up with the concept that when you go and bring integrity within your organization, we talked about the fact that it's not just about what you put on the wall or in the company values. There's a big difference between stating it and doing it. As Mike was mentioning, this idea of doing it starts with some foundations. We're talking about everyday behavior for you as an individual and observing these behaviors within your organization. Are you forced to lie? Are you cheating? Are you not telling the truth. And in those scenarios that you face difficult conversation, what is the path that you decide to choose? We talked even about how you want to be able to be as a leader, knowing that there's effects happening, such as the great resignation to embody these values of integrity, because it has a ripple effect. And matter of fact, is if you are at the beginning of the organization, it only takes one person to act with integrity to make a change. Although you do want to make sure that you are 
maybe tactful in the way that you communicate. You can be able to point out some things in a courageous conversation, and you could might be able to learn more if you go into previous episodes of this podcast about ways to be able to approach conflict within the organization if you want to bring up issues that are more sensitive, but every action you take brings you closer or further from your alignment, your authenticity, and especially if you're in a leadership position, this has a huge ripple effect. For those of you who are particularly in sales, we wanted to encourage you here that again, not lying, telling the truth are the foundations that are going to give you repeat client, grow your business, give you better sales. Because if you start with a lack of integrity from the beginning of the transaction, you'll realize that you'll be pushing away people who might be able to pick up on that very early and affect you over the long term. All of these values that were stated towards the end of our show here are things that you should be striving towards as a business, as a solopreneur, as an independent salesperson to look at the long term, not the immediate gain. And it demands some courage. But when you do it, the integrity that you've built within yourself and within the organization is going to be the difference between the companies that succeed and the ones that are finding themselves limited in the middle of this great resignation as well. Mike, thank you so much for your time. And for everybody listening, I am putting a link in the show note to Mike's work as well as his book, Integrity by Design. You'll be able to pick up a copy as well. Thank you so much, Jason. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.